welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thank you so much for listening today. You're listening to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. This podcast is a ministry resource of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Alex, and I have the honor to serve as the technical director here at Journey. This Sunday was message four of 17 in our series, The Kingdom, and this week's message is entitled Judgment and Jesus. Welcome to each and every one of you that has tuned in to listen to this conversation today. If by chance you missed this week's message, you can check it out on our YouTube page, uh, on our website at takethejourney.cc, or on the JCI app. People tune in every week to the podcast for practical ideas on growing in their faith. Our mission through this podcast is that your faith would truly be activated, and through this conversation, we hope that Jesus would speak something directly to your heart. Pastor Christian Gracia, welcome to the podcast. Good it is to be the, back. the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Gracia, Gracia this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We the JV team. It is know. the JV uh-huh. team. That was literally my first question last week. It seems as though you and I have have gotten this this position, this title of the JV Junior Varsity Podcast yeah, team. And I, right. I just want to know what your thoughts are on that. How do you feel? How does that make you feel? You know, it's it's kind of what you expect from uh, the the older crowd, you know, to huh. uh, to paint us in that way. But we know we know who we are. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the B team. The B team. I'm okay with B team's the team. best team, in my the, opinion. The, the better team, Yeah, right? Prob- probably not, but you will be, maybe. I yeah. don't know. Ryan wow. Holt's a great host. Love Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Newsom is just a, just a he's got so much knowledge in him. Unbelievable. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. You ready to go? Well, let's do it. Let's do this thing. All right. Uh, first thing you talked about um, was just kind of a, a, a little advertisement for what we call Move Up here at Journey. So May 29th is Move Up Sunday at Journey. One specific ministry opportunity that we have kicking us off this summer is one that you've had a huge integral role in, in since you've been here. Um, and that's the formation um, of what was formerly called Unite, but is now called Journey Young Adults. So you just want to take a second to talk about what that ministry opportunity is. Yeah. So in, in my ministry experience so far, in seven, eight years I've been in ministry, one of uh, the ministries I was able to start and lead back at home um, was a college ministry. And it was some of the best times of my life. I loved it. I've always, I got, I started following Jesus when I was out of high school, really pretty much close to that point, halfway through my senior year. And then really kicked up gears in the summer of that uh, year. And so when I experienced that, I think it gave me a heart for, you kind of have a heart for the people where you came to know Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so I had the opportunity to come here, and Pastor Christian talked to me about the this new college ministry they started a year or two ago um, that was called Unite. And mm-hmm. he was kind of pitching this idea of me coming in and giving some leadership and be able to, to help in that way, primarily led by the interns. And it's been a really cool experience and journey to watch that develop and change mm-hmm. to where now we have it today, starting on May 26th, we, we have a, a team now assembled that's going to be leading this ministry designated for 18, 24-year-olds who are in college, out of college, um, and we're really excited about it to just yeah. teach them to have community. I think a, a big need for those in that season of life is belonging somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they want family. You know, they, they, they're in a place where it's like they know they're out of high school. Life is real. I need my people. Yeah. And that's a big contributing factor to the ministry that we have this summer is having intentional environments, not just learn and teach, um, but to, to find community. Yeah. So we're really excited about it. So if, I, if I'm someone who's coming for the first time right this summer, what, mm-hmm. what can I expect to kind of see on mm-hmm. a Thursday night? What does that look like? It's going to be um, every week, starting 26, we'll have, you know, We'll have the worship. We'll have teaching. 
Um, but then immediately after that, we'll also have uh, small groups. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really the driving reason we have those nights is not so much to pour into people, but for them to come and find connections with other people yeah. to worship, to have a really safe environment, to be around those that they are in the same se- season of life yeah. and hopefully grow. And really our hope is to help transition them. It's kind of a weird stage. Out of high school, you, you graduate with a, a ministry. If you were in church your whole life, from kids ministry, student ministry, mm-hmm. then you graduate and you're just like, in big church, you know, and so yeah. we really see this as a bridge ministry to help those who are fresh out of high school find their footing, find their place, encourage them now as they're leaving the church and going on to college or going on to some other career um, to stay close in their faith. So we designed the summer that way, the content, the community, yeah. and in that we also have a couple of fun kind of event nights, outreach nights. We're going to be playing games or doing some events. They we got our team is planning those. It'll be really fun. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a packed. Summer. That'll be a really good time. Sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah, just a little shameless plug here. If you're a young adult and you wanna you wanna get involved come in the spiritual community and, right. and something specifically for you, come yeah. on Thursday nights. Don't miss be, it. It's gonna be great. Let's dive into the message that you gave. Uh first off, just what a great message. It was awesome, awesome this weekend. I think it's it's a message that a lot of people needed to hear. Um, and one that's uh that, that's kind of scary to talk about is the concept of judgment, right? Yeah. Your, your message is entitled Judgment and Jesus, and, and where you started in your message was understanding the character of God before we can un- understand the concept of judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately I thought of Exodus 34, 6, where it kind of describes the character of God. It says, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, He is slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wicked, wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And it's easy to stop there, but it doesn't right. end there. It right. says, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Mm. So why is it important um, when understanding judgment to read this passage through the last sentence and not stop right after what most people would consider the feel-good characteristics yeah. of God? Yeah, and that that is quoted several times through the Old Testament um, as kind of like this statement of faith of who God is. Mm-hmm. And man, praise the Lord for yeah. it. I mean, yeah. it's an incredible passage. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the reality of who God is and the fact he's a creator and what other religions would paint as divine power. Like the fact that our God is one who, who characterizes himself as that way is incredible, but it's not the full picture, right? Yeah. Like if you read the old Testament alone, there's a lot of things that go on. It's yeah. like, I don't Whoa. like this. I don't understand this. <laughs> yeah, like there's yeah. a lot of crazy things that happen. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same for the new Testament. You know, we talk about in Malachi, we learn God does not change. So the same God we read in the old Testament, same God in the new Testament. Mm-hmm. But it's important that we don't stop there because it's not the full picture of who he is. And if we don't understand who he is, a lot of the Bible, not just judgment, a lot of the Bible, a lot of life doesn't make sense. Yeah, you said that in your message. Yeah, yeah. It, like he he is the definition. He is the, the ultimate reality that we live in who ex- helps us to understand the world around us, ourselves, and himself. That's why the Bible is so powerful. It's mm-hmm. his revelation to us of not only who he is, but the world we live in, about who we are. So we got to let him paint that picture and not just pick and choose what we want. It can be really easy. It's very tempting to just say, God is this loving, merciful, compassionate God. But that's not the God that we're talking about because he also is taking care of the wicked and evil in the world. And so we're really robbing ourselves of experiencing all he is if we just stop there. If uh, just the good stuff, we stop there, we're robbing ourselves. Mm -hmm. I would argue too, if that were who God was, we wouldn't be saved. I mean, yeah. th- there's a fuller picture of salvation would not be achieved if God did not have the capacities that we talked about in my message of being holy and righteous and yeah. even wrathful. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it, the ending of that verse is not something you would usually go get it like a tattoo or something or yeah. hang a picture yeah. in your house of it yeah. says, yeah, he does not leave the guilty unpunished, right? It just yeah, be encouraged good. by that. Today. Yeah, I just exactly. want you to know that. Exactly. Uh, it, in your message, you referenced a quote from John MacArthur where he says, uh, quote, they, and he's talking about most men here, uh, may be briefly moved by the, by the grace of the gospel or frightened by the threat of judgment, but they soon return to their old ways of thinking and living, oblivious to the things of eternity. What are some practical ways for Christians to daily live uh, with an internal kingdom mindset rather mm. than an earthly mindset? Man, that's a good question, and it's such an important question to ask, and it's hard because we live and breathe in the moment right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I know what I got to do today. I know what I got to do tomorrow. I know what's coming this weekend. I know I got family. So you can get really bogged down by the the immediate things yeah. that we can feel, touch, and hear, and, and, and eternity is something that's, like, kind of off in the distance. I mean, we think of it as being very far away. Sure. We know it's coming, but it's like that's when we die and we'll be eternal life. Mm -hmm. um, having that eternal perspective, though, I think informs the life of a Christian. Mm -hmm. If we lose the eternal perspective that we are supposed to have as Christians, I don't think we live lives faithfully. Mm -hmm. I think it's by maintaining the understanding of what's coming and what's to come yeah. that we actually feel the weight of it in a good way to live out what we are been purposed for, which yeah. I said in, in my message, be ambassadors for Christ. We're pleading yeah. with people to be reconciled to God because ultimately what matters in life is not the family, is not the income, it's not the job, it's not anything that we can earn or do, yeah. not experience. It's after this life, do we can we stand before God? Yeah. And that's not fun to think about, but I do think that when we lose that view, mm -hmm. we lose the urgency. Yeah. And Christians, kingdom people, are called to have that urgency. You know, in week two of the series, Pastor Christian has a quote talking about the tension that we live in of wanting Jesus to come back and mm -hmm. destroy all wicked and evil. But we love people who are kind of in that category, yeah. and we're like, hold on. Yeah. We, need to leave, we need to live with that tension because when we lose that tension, yeah. when we lose the eternal perspective, well, guess what? Urgency is mm -hmm. gone. The mm -hmm. weight is gone. Yeah. And then it's easy that the rest of our life, just in the smaller matters of obedience and faithfulness, that we kind of might loosen up on a little bit. And all of a sudden it's like yeah. our lives don't even look like Christians, yeah. you know? And so having an eternal perspective, I think is an, an absolute necessity mm -hmm. to, to live a full Christian life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Life, go ahead. I would just go say ahead. this yeah. and not only for the weight, but for the hope, mm. like the good part of eternity of how we handled the adversity in this life and the trials of this life you know, Paul says that there's a we are being prepared for a weight of glory that is beyond comparison. Yeah. You know, there's something coming that will make everything we go through worth it, yeah. whether by choice or not, whether yeah. it's by the things that happen to us outside of our control or the things that we choose to give up for Jesus. Having an eternal perspective helps us navigate through that with a hope and joy yeah. and a freeing kind of letting go of mm -hmm. surrender to him. It's mm -hmm. good. It's a great segue into my next question. So um, a, a lot of times I think people um, don't understand that when you become a Jesus follower, like life should and, and does look and feel different. Yeah. Right? It, it shouldn't look like the old life. It looks like a new life. Mm -hmm. uh, you referenced this picture of a Play-Doh fish, um, <laughs> which I thought was just an outstanding visual for this. Thank um, you. I think that the modern church so easily wants to just focus on the feel-good parts of faith and, yeah. and sometimes actually leave out or never even speak about the bad or maybe the uncomfortable parts of, of what it means to be a Jesus follower. Yeah. Um, sometimes they try to literally mold God into a version of God that we like, no matter how distorted it may be, of what the Bible tells us who Jesus is and what yeah. who God is. Um, you actually use the reality of hell as an example in your message uh, where you, we, you brought up the concept of hell and asked, yeah. asked if anyone would like to speak about it. Um, and, and most people probably felt pretty uncomfortable in the yeah. room. Yeah. Um, 
what are some red flags that that you would identify about the delivery of the gospel in the modern church? That could be messages that we listen to, podcasts that we listen to, books that we read, um, that we as Christians need to be sensitive to, to recognize, and how to properly discern those red flags when it's about theology. Good question. <laughs> Loaded question, You've but good question. You've got one hour. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so to, to explain real quick, if you haven't watched the sermon and you don't know what he's talking about, the Plato fish, there's uh, I take a clump of Plato. My son, who's like he's about to be three in July, he he wants me to make a fish for him. And in my very artistic abilities, <laughs> I make a very lifelike fish. Yeah, yeah. And I use that to describe this concept of it's great that we do this with a fish, but like we can't do this with God. You know, like a lot of people though take God and they treat it like a lump of Plato to mold and shape that fits their liking, not the one that they find in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, man, we're all guilty for it. I mean, like, if you haven't been in your walk with Jesus and you've come to a place where you read something in the Bible and you've encountered something about God that doesn't make you kind of uncomfortable, you might just be serving a God that you've created. That you've created now. You know? Yeah, because yeah. we got to understand, we, from a baseline, we are, we're the ones that are broken. Yeah. He's not. You yeah. know, when we put ourselves up against him, we're going to see some things that are out of line. So just to clarify that, in case you haven't watched the sure. sermon yet. Sure. Um, red flags... The gospel is only good news because of the bad news. And a movement today in the church, and not every church, thankfully, but in a lot of churches today is they're trying to get away from the bad news and just trying to focus on the good. Kind of what we talked about that Exodus passage. We just want to focus on God being graceful, merciful, compassionate. But that doesn't really matter if we don't talk about the reason why. I mean, salvation in and of itself is, in a very stark way, a salvation from God. It's from his wrath, right? And so I think a red flag is... How are how is the church your church whoever you, where you go and what you're reading what you're listening to how are they tackling that is the gospel starting with you as being kind of like this lovable little plush toy or is it starting with God and it's starting with who He is and His incredible character of being this loving merciful uh, gracious God but also like He's the solution and kind of the problem you know like because of His holiness because of His righteousness because of His wrath. We're at odds. We need to be made right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's really knowing the gospel. It's understanding the full picture. Hopefully, the sermon that I gave helped kind of paints that picture in a structured way of like, oh, I get it. I understand mm-hmm. now what the value of Jesus, the character of God, the, the beauty of the cross. Um, and I'd say a way to weed out those red flags, be under faithful Bible teaching. Yeah. Um, I love being at this church. I've been a part of two churches in my life, and they both are Bible teaching churches that are just going to tackle what comes. They're not going to try to avoid, you know, we, mm-hmm. we don't always want to talk about these things. You know, this, ser- this series we've been in hasn't necessarily been about happy things per se, sure. but we're going through the book of Matthew as a church, and we are committed to teaching what God has said. Yeah. And I think churches that throw that away will kind of show their hand. If they're not willing to tackle the hard topics of the Bible, yeah. if they're not willing to teach the Bible faithfully, if you don't go to Journey, you come somewhere else, I think I would encourage you to find a different church mm-hmm. because the preaching of the Word is important, and it's mm-hmm. going to have that way to, to kind of shape your mindset biblically of what the gospel is, and in your own time of mm-hmm. studying the Bible and having the resources to understand what it's actually saying, not shying away from passages that are difficult, not shying away from those that make you uncomfortable, but, he- but head on, Leaning you know? Yeah. yeah. I'd be, I mean, to be honest, there's been things, there's been times in my walk with Jesus, I've, I've been reading scriptures with preconceived ideas, and what I read doesn't fit. Hmm. It doesn't fit with my Plato God, yeah. and I've through tears have had to pray through that. Of like, God, bring me in alignment here because I know yeah. you're true. I'm not. Yeah. You know, I need you to help me. Being conformed to Him, mm-hmm. not to the world, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's it really comes down to your source of truth, 
And the primary ways I'd say is going to be through the Bible and the preaching and in your own devotions and yeah. just having the proper understanding of that and making sure you're in a faithful Bible teaching church. Yeah. Hashtag Plato God. Right? Plato God. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have a Plato God. Yeah. That's good. Uh, you explain that when it comes to salvation and judgment um, and then God's grace and mercy, uh, the thought that we we really have the power to do nothing, but Jesus already did everything. Mm. Why do you think that people try to delay giving their lives to Jesus rather than, than right then and there submitting and committing to a life of grace through Jesus? Why is there a delay sometimes there? So I think I'm, I'm, what word came to my mind is pride. Mm. And that sounds negative, but let me explain myself. One, I think the pride that we all know of people who just don't think they need Jesus. Yeah. The people reason they don't get saved or they don't receive salvation is because they're too prideful to admit that they need a savior. Yeah. They, they're missing the half of the gospel. That's mm. the bad news. Yeah. Like they don't want to hear the bad news. Yeah. It's offensive. Yeah. Um, they want to believe that they're good. And so to admit and surrender would be like, why would I do that if I don't need mm-hmm. a savior? I don't need a king in my life. I don't need this Lord. Like I want to live my own life. Yeah. So I think you see that. And the other side, what I think, and a, a group of people I address in my sermon are, are those that feel like they need to clean themselves up before they come to Jesus um, or feel unsavable. And I would say that's still pride. Wow. That There's a pride there wow. in thinking that there's greater sin than grace Jesus hmm. and that he can't cover you. It's like, no, no, yeah, he can. Yeah, he like, can. You, yeah. There is way more grace. There is He overcame all of it. He is not yeah. only just sufficient, like he overdid it. And I think that people, without knowing it, have a pride of like, I'm too broken, I'm too wicked, I'm too sinful, I'm too messy for mm-hmm. Jesus. And it's like, no, 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 no. He came specifically for you, yeah, for those kinds all. of people. Yeah, yeah, to save sinners is yeah. what he says. Yeah. Um, and he takes our mess. He gives us his righteousness. Yeah. That's the exchange. I think the pride is the main part, though, that, that kind of um, gets in the way of mm-hmm. believing, one, that we need it, or two, that we can even have it, that yeah. we are worthy enough. And it's like, no, you're not worthy enough. Yeah. That's the beauty yeah. of the gospel. He did everything yeah. so that you can come to him. And Jesus is enough. He, he doesn't he say that there's some sin that, like, like you, you can sin up to this point, and then, like, right. I'm no use to you. Right. He yeah. literally says, bring it all yeah. to the foot of the cross, yeah. right? Yeah. It's such a cool picture. And it's in that yeah. moment of the cross that all the sin was paid for. Mm-hmm. I mean, for you and me, before yeah. we were, you know, conceived, <laughs> yeah. every sin I would commit back in the cross 2,000 years ago was a future tense yeah. reality. Yeah. Hadn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. wasn't in my past. wasn't in my present. It was all in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's not that when I get come to salvation is are they covered they are covered now yeah they were covered at the cross mm-hmm. but the now is being applied to me as i receive it through jesus and that yeah. is continuing on right so yeah. the gospel is still true today for alex and for christian as it was yeah. when we first got saved it's yeah. not like it, it got wiped clean and now it's like oh we're polluting we're like it with more it sin yeah, yeah it's like no no, no. Yeah. the he has installed the way of living under the gospel wow. that when we mess up and we will mm-hmm. we go to him we repent, turn from it, and guess what? We can walk with our heads held high because yeah. that's the gospel. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Too good to be true. Yeah. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the good that's news. That's it right there. Yeah. It's so good. One of the points you shared at the end of your message was that the more we understand, the more we are expected to share. Mm. As Christians, why do you think it's so easy to get comfortable and forget the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples, knowing that we, we already have eternal life through salvation? Why, why do we get comfortable sometimes and forget to go? out and make disciples? We are either too distracted or we become too nearsighted, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a word that uh, Peter uses in Second Peter. He talks about this whole concept of if you are not growing in your faith in these ways, he gives a list of several of them. He gets to the point where it says someone like this is someone who's become nearsighted. They've, they've lost sight mm-hmm. of the fact that they've been saved. So the reality is, Alex, if we really believe what we believe, if we understand that we've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus, 
that should be a motivating factor for us to do what Jesus told the disciples, go and share this now, mm. go and be ambassadors. The reason we forget it is because we either have lost, I think, the, the glory of our own salvation. Mm. Um, and then the other part is what we talked about before. We, we've lost sight of eternity. Yeah. We've lost that eternal perspective of life to where we don't have an urgency because it's hard to think about those things and uncomfortable. But the reality is Jesus, like I say, he talked more about hell than he did about love. Yeah. Because he's rude? No, because he loves you. Yeah. Like he wants you to know yeah. and be warned that not only is judgment coming, but there's also hope in me. Mm-hmm. In the same way, we have this weird, really weird tension with a message of Christians that we, we got to share this bad news with like the most incredible good news in the world. And we got to somehow do that well. But the bad news makes them uncomfortable. It's offensive. But yeah. the, Jesus is so yeah. good. Yeah. And so I think it comes from those that source of forgetting what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. And then losing sight of eternity are kind of two, I think, major contributors to people not living um, as ambassadors, you know. And then on top of that, you have other things, busyness of life. Sure. There's excuses to make everywhere. I mean, like we live in a society that brags on how busy you can be. It's like an accolade of look how cool it is that I don't have time for you. It's like, no, you know. And so I think that those things, getting the other two in place, will even help clarify schedule and make room for sharing Jesus. Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. This is great. I I love your message. Um, If you haven't listened, pause this right now. Go back, listen to the message. It's a really good one to hear for for everyone, no matter what part of uh, your faith walk you're in. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. And thank you for listening today. If this is your first time to the Activate Podcast, we're so glad that you've joined us for this conversation. We release a new episode of this podcast every week. So join us again next week, the JV team, again right. next week <laughs> for more biblical insights uh, and ways to truly activate your faith. If you live within the K- Kansas City area, we would love to meet you in person at one of our two weekend worship experiences. We have one at 830 and at 1030 on Sunday mornings. And don't forget, next Sunday, May 29th is Move Up Sunday. So check out those new opportunities for your kids and for your young adults and your family. Um, if you have a question about your spiritual journey or a celebration to share about what God is doing in your life, email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We would just love to hear from you. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.